Welcome once again to another all new, all different episode of Cult Following, a little local film podcast brought to you by four fellows who have nothing else to do but watch movies and throw their lives away. I am one of your four hosts for this uh, uh, magnificent future episode, uh, Victor Marino, along with Joshua Ruth, Bell Bottoms, Bell Bottoms, <laughs> and Kirby Nelson. It is a wonderful life. And Jasper, you know. I'm Fat Kid from Monster Squad. Nobody knows that. My name is Jasper. <laughs> Boom. In this episode, we're going to be chatting a little bit about some of our recent favorites in films. And we're going to dedicate a big chunk of time to Anna Lily Amirpour's latest, The Bad Batch. And uh, I may or may not have dropped acid before this. Guys, surprise. Just so you know. <laughs> Just, just so in case, know. just in case you you know. I mean, it was the bad. It explains batch. why you watched, you walked in this room, and you're like, it's so big. <laughs> well, it's funny. As Joshua turned, I saw a ghost image. Of Joshua, yes. that's how we know. Yeah, totally. Diego Luna's somewhere like DJing. Did um, you? <laughs> just pray you don't turn around and run into uh, Johnny Momoa. <laughs> um, yeah. No, seriously. Like, I mean, I'm mean, in the real life. He looks like a total sweetheart, you know. But uh, but and then yeah, you no. hear him talk, and it's like, what? <laughs> no. So we're gonna talk about the Bad Batch. We're gonna talk about some of the stuff we've been watching, and uh, all all this and more on Cult Following. If you enjoy what you hear, subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud at Cult Following, and. If you like us even more, tell your friends and write us a review. It all helps out. We do reviews all the time at cultfalling.co where you'll find our latest reviews, including The Bad Batch and Baby Driver. Yeah. In theaters now. And if you're in the Tempe, Arizona area, check us out. We always do fun retro-themed screenings. In July, we have Conan the Barbarian and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Speaking of Edgar Wright. Boom. See? Keep yeah, it on topic. Topical. All right. So, uh, Jasper, why don't you tell us what you've been watching lately? I've just been listening to the lamentations of their women. <laughs> That's what's best in life. Oh, yes. That was my uh, Conan nod there. Nice one. Um, other than the Bad Batch, the only thing I think of any uh, note that I've watched is uh, I watched... Um, the documentary about the uh, New Beverly Cinema in in uh, Hollywood. Oh, the right. The documentary. Right. Uh, what's it called? My uh, name escapes me right now. Uh, out of print. You, out of print. Out of print. print. What did you right. watch it on? Uh, I watched it on Amazon Prime. Okie dokie. Adding it to the list. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, it's basically they got a bunch of their employees and regulars and sat them down and just talked to them about the theater and they went over the history of it and. Uh, not bad, very informative, um, kind of close to home, uh, you know, with doing cult classics and the time that we spent at Madcap and back in the day at Chandler Cinemas. Yeah. Kind of made me a little bit sad, honestly, thinking of what might have been if we could have just kept some of that momentum going at those places. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. It be what it be. Tomorrow's another day and you just got to move on. Exactly. But, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it, um. The um, the just the uh, the regulars they have there, uh, it's kind of funny. Like they have people that literally are there four or five nights out of the week, three or four nights out of the week that that just come to watch films, pretty much all week long. 
And uh, it really made me, because I've never been there. Uh, it's always been kind of a thing I've wanted to go do. I've been there many a time. Yeah, so it really kind of it kind of kicked it up for me. That's something maybe next time I'm in L.A., that's something I want to go do, definitely. I've only been there once, and it was very odd because it was a strange introduction because I had never seen the movie. It was It was actually a screen of a, a rare 35mm print of Message from Space. Oh, wow. Which is like the Japanese Star Wars, and not the Turkish Star Wars, the Japanese <laughs> Star Wars. But it is the weirdest fucking movie ever, and it felt perfect to be in that theater watching it. Is that like 70s as well? Yeah, yeah, it was made in 77 or 78. Um, Actually, I know Shout Factory has it um available, but I cannot remember off for the life of me if it's the English dub people are looking for or the original Japanese with subtitles. Huh. But it is one of the weirdest movies I have ever seen in my life. Like, without a doubt. It's almost completely incomprehensible. But, I mean, you know, since Star Wars was basically a ripoff of The Hidden Fortress, Mm -hmm. I mean, it kind of makes sense that a Japanese film would do their own thing. And it's way more rooted in traditional, like, samurai epics and stuff, like feudal era stuff. But I don't want to hijack from Jasper or anything. I just thought it was interesting that, yeah... Nice. I would love to go as many yeah. times sure as Victor has been, but yeah, yeah it's I've um, seen like way too many. I've seen uh the Kill Bill Con Film Festival version where the uh massacre at the House of Blue Leaves in color. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And the, it was Quentin Tarantino's personal copy, so it actually had the Con Film Festival leader at the beginning of it. Now does I, that um uh, is that um the like color version of the the massacre is that like no, on it's out not anything? commercial available anywhere. I no. think they actually talked about that They've talked on of, the documentary. Yeah. Is this what was called the bride or something like that? What was it? Uh I think it's called Kill Bill the Whole Bloody Affair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. I've seen Demons One, Demons Two, nice. I've seen The Gate There, I've seen Super Cop. I've seen what else did I watch there? I've seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World there with Edgar Wright doing an intro and the entire cast except for um Michael Sarah. Yeah, I I've seen every John Carpenter movie there. It's huh. it's a really nice theater. It's tiny though. Yeah, That's one of the most interesting tiny, things about the it. Chairs suck. Um it has the most uncomfortable tiny bathroom in the world. Huh. But it's like a there, seriously micro bathroom. Yeah. It, but it's like everything they play is 35 millimeter. Quentin Tarantino picks all the trailers, and they're usually like super random. Really? It's super the, cheap uh, too. That's yeah. the, are the like chairs dollars for a double feature. Yeah. yeah, are the chairs worse than the chairs of the Egyptian? Um, because yes. oh my god, they're like the chairs <laughs> at the uh, picture house on Superstition. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, those There's, are horrible. Yeah, they're like that. They're terrible. I remember the chairs that Pollock used to have. Oh, yeah. man. I mean, I kind of have, you know, I don't know. There's something about those all kind of uncomfortable chairs that like re- or like the Valley Art, you know, like they used to have. Maybe it's because of the uh, that I've done like three all night screamoramas there. <laughs> Victor, we did huh. one of them together was the fucking chairs at the loft oh, make me just want to die. Really? Like, well, they're they're redoing the whole thing. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I hope. I, I think it's going to reopen in September, but I couldn't do another fucking screamer. Like (laughs) the last one, I like skipped it because I'm like, I'm done. I can't, I can't last 24 hours in their chairs. Oh yeah, they're just. I don't care how ready you you are. You can't sleep in them. The the seat ends like here. Oh no! It's yeah. yeah, So you're for like what for for our listeners where uh, like 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 thigh. 
I would say it's probably like maybe 16, 18 inches. The oh, seat. that's terrible. Yeah, dude. it's garbage. Yeah. No. It, and it doesn't matter. Like, people bring blankets and stuff. I mean, you would you, literally like, have to people outfit People are everything. leaning on the floor trying to against the walls trying to sleep at certain <laughs> points. You only fall asleep out of sheer exhaustion. I mean, if there's nobody in front of you, that's one thing that's nice is, is a lot, you know, even in those old seats. I mean, I remember one of the earlier cults um, that I remember, and uh, this is back when you used to do the um, the double features and have, I think it was Evil Dead 2, and then it was Night of the Living Dead was the second one. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I, I love the double features at Cold. I, I, I miss them. I know they're more of a pain in the ass to do, but I really do um, uh, like them. But I remember, like, the Night of the Living Dead, like, half the audience wasn't there for that one, because it's probably too late for yeah. whatever. Um, but, like, you know, so you had all this room to stretch out, and this is back when they had the super uncomfortable chairs. And I remember I just put my feet up on the seats in front of me, and it was, like, super comfy and i just remember it being like 1 30 in the morning and like watching you know night of living dead and just like in these old chairs and kind of with my feet propped up and it's it's like a really good memory yeah uh, then you went cool. to stand up and your back felt like <laughs> and you're like why did i do that right <laughs> right yeah there those are definitely and then um i will also say I, I don't know how they maintain it all. Their um, certification, that fucking IMAX theater on Signal Butte. I mean, that thing literally oh, I, looks I like think, a white trash couch. Yeah, the that's whole thing not, is... It's an AMC again, but it keeps flipping. Like, it was uh, B&B theaters for a while. Before that, it was just Dickinson theaters. Weird. Now it's, now it's an AMC again. Wow. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. I haven't been there. We went to uh, Rogue One there. Because it's closest to my folks' place, and my God, I mean, it is just awful. Um. Well, yeah, but but how are the seats? That's what I'm saying. Like they're just dump up robot. Ah, (laughs) ah, he's so fast. Uh, Like lightning over here. I don't love robot. That's okay. That's another subject. (laughs) I haven't seen it. Yeah. So that was the last thing you saw, Jasper. Yep. I'm probably the only person on the planet that has not seen Rogue One. Yeah, that's okay. You're, you're not really. You're not no, I think that anything. was. I think it would be way more to say Force Awakens than Rogue One. Yeah, I don't, I don't even own Rogue One. I yeah. Think. Well, I, I, I think I have a digital. No, I don't even have that. I bought it just to be a completist because yeah. I have all the other Star Wars movies, you know. And I don't. I don't hate that movie, but I don't know. I I think it's way overhyped like there's this there's this whole mentality out there there's like this type of internet person that's like rogue one is one of the best star wars movies ever like after this news came out about lord and miller exiting um the han solo movie yeah um you know there's like a lot of people like good that you know they you know they were they don't need to be on there. They were make trying to make a dumb movie like Lego movie. And, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, dumb movie. Everyone loves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, a, you know, universally loved movie that was like incredibly well received by critics. Like, okay. Um, you know, but then these are also like the same people that are saying like, I mean, literally I had somebody say to me like rogue one is easily maybe this best star Wars movie. And I was like, look, you can like rogue one. I'm not saying you can't like rogue one, but if you're trying to tell me the rogue one is maybe possible, Possibly better than Empire Strikes Back or the uh, or A New Hope. Like you're just high. That's just a ridiculous thing to say. And to say that, it <laughs> well, makes but that's it... also that's just internet. I truly believe the internet contrarian cult <laughs> right, right. of everything that people are just obsessed with now. I mean, it's it's completely like whatever you say. I'm going to say the opposite of it. And I'm going to celebrate the worst shit 
Right. And it, it's not even like I'm going against the grain. Like, and I believe this is a hidden gem. I know most people think it's, you know, not very good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like Rogue One did bad or anything. Right. It's so they can say, they go, well, you know, it was a pretty good movie. I mean, I would definitely argue it's one of like the darkest Star Wars movies. I mean, definitely not a ha- traditional happy ending. Mm-hmm. That's what I liked about it. Um, you know, my whole dream is an R-rated Star Wars movie. It's an R-rated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie based off With the comic like a book. Twi'lek orgy. You know? <laughs> yeah. I said R, not X, but <laughs> I, I understand that that's what your fan fiction is about. So that's okay. No, um, I can understand. But they no, I mean, I just feel like I Victor and I have talked about this. Like the the contrarian thing has just hit like such a point where it's like I always think of the uh, Homer Palooza episode of The Simpsons where it's like. Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. And it's like that's pretty much what it is now for right. me with that know, kind man. of shit. Like, uh, Star Wars is one of those things where I think its fans ruined it for me. Yeah, like, all together. Like I was when I was a kid, I was just like everybody else. I grew up in the eighties. You know, the first movie I ever saw in a theater was Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. You know, and I was a child, I was totally a child. I had Star Wars toys. I loved Star Wars. I loved it. Probably all the way up into my uh, early 20s. I think what killed Star Wars for me was when they released uh, 1, 2, and 3. Or, okay, when they released Episode 1 and everybody lost their minds, I started getting a little disenfranchised. Then when I went and saw the movie... And it was the steaming pile of dog crap that it was. Mm-hmm. And then people got mad at me for saying that. I'm like, dude, you're just, I feel denial. like you're, that was I feel denial, like you're towing dude. a company line right now. Like you're yeah. saying it was amazing because well, that, you thought it had to be. That's when merchandise is the tail that wags the dog. Because yeah. I know so exactly. many people who lined up oh, at, at was midnight to get all the phantom menace dude i had them all i had jar jar binks i mean dude i mean it's like i was so excited to find a chancellor valorum like i was like oh my god chancellor valorum yes i found him like yeah no i was with i went to the taco bell they they had all the dumb cups they had like the toppers like the unusable cups it's like a big jar jar binks they had the the anakin with the goggles yeah i just remember buying so many of the power of the force ones and oh, the only yeah. one that was ever worth a damn was the Vader with the long saber that some kid choked yeah. and died on. Yeah. Right. So I was like, you didn't learn your lesson from the Bubba remember, Fett, remember apparently. That, uh, so. got forced that terrible <laughs> yeah. like uh, Princess Leia they came out with on the Power of the Force ones. Like, oh my god. Although I will say that docu- I again, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a whole documentary on Star Wars toys. Oh. Yeah, there's Do you know what it's called, Victor? No. It's amazing. Josh it's two hour doc. It. Yeah. It's a great, great doc. It was very nostalgic for me. I, I'm not going to lie. I geeked out totally and I missed it up at one point thinking about it. I was like, oh my God. I remember the great times I had in my yard as a kid, just digging holes and burying Star Wars figures and, you know, because it yeah. was always oh, epic man. for me. I, 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 wasn't it's an, called Plastic Galaxy, yes, the story that's of Star it. Wars toys. I wasn't an only child, but I was you the youngest. You were burying toys in the backyard? Well, here's the thing. I was the youngest of four. Like, oh, okay. My, old, my, my next sibling to me is 11 years older than me. So right. I, I think I talked about, I don't remember which podcast I talked about it on, but I spent a lot of time as a kid at the swap meet. And uh, I grew up without a lot of money, so I didn't get new Star Wars toys. All my stuff came from the swap meet. So I had a, a ton of stuff that I got myself, but no, I mean, I would dig holes and make swamps and, uh, yeah, people would get buried, you know, cause you can't have Yoda training, uh, 
Luke Skywalker on Dagobah and not have it be a swamp. Right. You know, I was very kind of kind of a stickler about that kind of stuff. So yeah, I was digging holes in my yard and making swamps and you know what uh, that stuff. reminds me of those. Um, you guys remember that movie, The Boy Who Could Fly? Yes. yes um, there's like the scene where like the kid like has all his little GI Joes and he like has a funeral for one of them in his backyard and it's all raining mm-hmm. and he's like super dramatic and upset about it and everything. Um, I remember that that the boy could fly from the same filmmaker who made uh, the last Starfighter. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Nick Castle, Castle yeah. who was yeah. the original Michael Myers. Yeah. 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 He um. See, the thing for me was the uh, the uh, what the fuck are they even call? I don't remember. Ninety seven. The the, uh, the special edition. Special edition. The first. It's such a ge- it's such editions. a generic term that you don't even remember yeah. that. Like yeah. back twenty years ago, people didn't use the term special edition very yeah. often. But I just think when the beginning it, of the end and I like was to call George it. Lucas just interfering with Star Wars, Indiana Jones, everything else, the E.T. thing, which, by the way, I just learned recently that um, they fucking took out the Libyans in Back to the Future no in cable showings. And I'm going, OK, political correctness has hit a level where you can't have. Anything that would be construed as a Middle Eastern or Muslim oh, stereotype, Mike. Well, the um, I guess we're not going to be watching any canon films ever on any <laughs> of these channels since uh, I'm pretty sure both of them were well-known um, anti-Arab, anti-Palestinian. Oh, my God, Invasion USA. Yeah, I was just going to say. So, I mean. Um, that's Russians, right? But, but no, 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 no. That was really? that yeah. was Arabs. Uh, Golan oh, Globus were like super because yeah. they were Israeli, but they were like well known. That that was one of the um, Red Karen. Dawn. Red Dawn was Russians. Red Dawn was Russians, Wait, but, 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 but like the blonde main guy who's the villain in Invasion USA. So here's here's just to go back to that point. I guess TBS was that showing was it. it. It's one of the channels and edited out the word terrorists. Oh, and so instead of like. It's Libyan terrorists, it just says Libyans. Oh, interesting. Or something like that, yeah. Right. Or no terrorists, and they cut it down. But it's just one of those things where I'm like, this is the walkie talk guns into walkie talkies. Just stop fucking with movies. They were made that way. Oh, well, dude, that let it be. The, that was the least of what they messed up in um, freaking E.T. I'm so, yeah. it was like such a great moment when that movie finally got a Blu ray release and it was the non special edition. Yeah. And Spielberg came out and like was like, I messed up. Like, I shouldn't have done what I nice. did. And he didn't even put that other version on there. I mean, I, I think it would have been, maybe he did. Maybe there was a second disc with that. Like, but I mean, it would have been kind of nice just for archival sake to have that other version, but with like the C. CGI ET and you know that super bothers me I mean it bothers me now that you can't get a blu-ray copy of THX 1138 as far as I know that's not the one with the terrible CGI added um yeah. not the special edition just like Star Wars yeah you know? I always think one of the best commentaries ever was the uh one with uh Orgasmo mm-hmm. where they're like asking Trey Parker well if there's anything you could do he's like ah. If we could go back in and put the digital job in, that's what, that's what I would do. And it's right. like, here's my big issue with the digital Java is when you introduce Java the Hut that early in episode one, when you introduce him in episode three after you've been building him up over two movies, right? It has no weight whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. Especially when you've introduced him in such a cat. Like, why the fuck would Han Solo be afraid of him if he stepped on he his tail? He literally stepped on yeah. his tail, dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, come on. I mean, aside from the fact that the CGI was absolutely awful. Well, in the original, like, I don't horrible. know. Have you watched, like, the ones where it's, like, shows? Because it's been changed multiple no, times. No, here's what I did. I, I got so fed up. I have 
original VHSs yeah, of Star I Wars, have. The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, and that's all I'll watch. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I know I sound pretentious right now. No, I have, I have them on. I shouldn't VHS have to look at a box set so. and go. Does this have the fucked up version on it yeah. or the better fucked up version? Well, it's on one it? of the reasons why the one, I mean, other than the fact that it's easily the best one, but that's the reason I watch Empire Strikes Back over and over again a lot more than I watch the other ones is because that's the one that was fucked with the least. Yeah, you agreed. Know? And we're not even saying this from a hipster point of view. No, guys. not at if all. If you go to Walmart, you can get a VHS player. It's not impossible. Really? To find they have one. those? Yeah, that's where I got mine. That's or awesome. F that, go to the Goodwill, and they're five yeah. bucks, and if you go on Half Price well, Saturday, they're two fifty. Well, what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> at Walmart, they have ones that, you know, will work with your current TV. You don't oh, have to yeah. buy tons of, you know, some Do kind they of have... adapter and everything. Like that, that's interesting. I, I actually did not know that, because I bought mine at Bookman's. Yeah, used. I got mine at Walmart. That's why it has an HDMI out. That's awesome, Yeah. Dude. I mean, I would love, I would honestly, I, I, I'm, I think I'm going to go and get one because I really want sometimes, cause I've got my VHS hooked up to my old CRT television, yeah. but that's in my bedroom. And that's like, a beautiful thing, actually. Oh, that's it really is. Well, yeah. It's, oh, it's, you have your CRT really cool. too, so you can play like light gun games oh, yeah. and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Oh, yeah. and it's but, a nice that's, but then you want like a Retron 5 or something because sure. no matter how you do it digitally. So how does the uh, HDMI hold up with the VHS? It just looks like, because it, the thing is, it plays DVDs too. So uh-huh. it's just like, it's almost like a VHS DVD deck. Yeah, I would just love to have it though, because there are some times where like, I want to, this out in the living room where I have, you know, like let's say I want to, you know, have a group of friends over and watch a VHS movie. I can't really do that because in my bedroom it's like, yeah. you know, it's all crammed well, in Well, that's, that's kind of what, because I have it hooked up in the living room, so that was kind of the plan, like doing VHS nights here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Anybody else here watch uh, Adventure Time? Uh, I've seen an I episode or two. The There's yeah. an Adventure Time episode where they were doing VHS oh, nights yeah. every week. And then finally somebody was like, hey, what's that message at the beginning that we always skip over? And then they read it and they freak out like the FBI is going to come after them for showing the movies. <laughs> There's a... And they decide they can't show VHS movies anymore. So they try to film their own. And they do this hilarious scene where... Uh, Jake the dog's like line at the end of every one is check please. <laughs> it's just freaking hilarious. So they swede them. Yeah, it's hilarious. Nice. Yeah, nice. I do remember there was a regular show episode that I did see that was like that too. Oh, the they, way they went to the video. Yeah, become obsessed yes. with the video that they uh most expensive video or whatever, yep. and they get sucked into it. Yeah, that was great. But um, yeah, I don't know the whole uh, yeah, it's just kind of going down the uh. The dark side, no pun intended, of all the <laughs> shit, but it's it's pretty much impossible not to. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. That was my Darth Vader. I wasn't having an asthma <laughs> attack. <laughs> yeah, we're all doing Darth Vader voices. <laughs> I abstain. I, for the record, I abstain. Yeah, but I was gonna do that. I was gonna like purposely misquote Luke, "I am your father," but then like, "I am your father." I was wanted the. I think people would think I. I really no. thought the line was Luke, "I am your father," and you'll get a bunch of hate mail. Yeah, um, exactly. that's not the line. Yeah. That um, excuse not me. the line. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what have you been watching, Kerbin? Uh, let me take a look here. I was trying to actually remember. It's getting difficult these days. <laughs> um, the only thing I def um. We can't talk about it because of the embargo, but oh, Victor right. and I went and saw a ghost story. Yes, we did. So um, I guess we'll talk about that in a future episode. With a real ghost on the poster. Yeah, that um, is true. 
That yeah. comes out on July uh, 21st. So we'll be talking about that in two or three weeks. We'll let you know if you got a rock or not. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, I but had some trouble with the scissors. <laughs> my main um, <laughs> devotion of time, though, was I actually binged Glow in one sitting. Oh. So, I watched the first episode. Yeah. it. Um, I had recently seen the documentary. Amazingly, I'd never seen it both as a wrestling fan. I watched and that documentary a, last night. Yeah. You don't have really to watch sad. the documentary. Yeah, you don't have to, but I really feel like it helps a lot. It's not that long. I, I like mean, the documentary. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's both as well, a wrestling fan. It has nothing fan. to do with the show. show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, gotcha. That's the thing. I got disappointed because when I saw Glow, I thought it was reruns of the old original show. Well, I thought it was a brand new incarnation. Well, that and they I were gonna started it and I got franchise. about like 45 seconds in. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I haven't gone back to it yet. I was like, I'll come back to this later. Yeah, it's one of those ones, what I was saying was, as a wrestling fan and as a documentary fan, I mean, and becoming a Glow fan from the, uh, you know, it's just an amazing story and the uh, the uh, wrestlers in it are incredible. Um, and But obviously this is a very highly fictionalized, very dramatic, I mean, there's some things you know are true or, you know, are only lightly altered. Um, but a lot of stuff that's play up for effect is just a little out of control for my taste. Um, Did they have somebody playing Jackie Stallone? No, uh, no, no. It's this not is the based bi- on real. No, life yeah, at all. and they're also oh, in so the, it's none of the actual. No, characters. no, no, no. And it's it's they don't really? they don't have even the same names. Just the characters. Like okay, you're the oh. mad Russian. You know, you're the um, you know the all American girl. But all of it is based but on. Do they have like I mean th- like the housewives? But I mean, so they don't have like any of the actual characters. No, no, that were in no, there? Well, no, no, no. It's none of the. It's like I said, it would be like their. Um, Victor, the terms escaping me. What? Not their character, but the term. The in re- gimmick. The gimmick okay. in wrestling. That's what I was yeah, looking for. Yeah, so there'd be like there to put it like there'd be an Ultimate Warrior, but it wouldn't be like the Ultimate Warrior. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, okay. it would be the ultimate war machine because they have the rights to the characters, fighter. but not to the people's stories. Right. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Now, did you ever watch Glow as a kid? No, I never saw it. I mean, I vaguely remember it, but that's the whole thing for me. A lot of the wrestling stuff, I was limited to what was available. Obviously, um, you know, it was when I was younger. I did. I wasn't really aware of it. It wasn't until like the late eighties, like late early 90s for me oh, it was man. the the tail end of the golden era and then the uh kind of the dawn of the the new generation for uh, mainly obviously wwf because those were my uh saturday afternoons man it was uh like uh awa wrestling and then glow came on right after it was amazing yeah that was i mean was a magical time it's a great i mean like i said the documentary just makes you want to um delve into the series more and stuff unfortunately it is you know the parties that own it only release like one dvd at a time at like 20 bucks so i'm yeah, not gonna be buying wow. any of those anytime soon so sorry but i mean i just I, when i can you know besides like the network and stuff like that but i mean so many of the wrestling content you can buy so cheap now um dvd blu-ray i mean they're putting out unless it's something brand new any retrospective stuff is like five dollars brand um what i just buy the best is staying at the fye sale i got for two dollars it was six bucks regularly so that was brand new shrink wrap um but uh yeah that's what i really you know i really enjoyed it i still think it's it's really fun i like kind of dramatic i grew up on like um 
Beverly Hills now two and O Melrose Place. Uh-huh. I, I think a lot of people are like, are like, really? I was like, yeah, I used to watch like anything on television. It was just that a lot of stuff, you know. It was, I mean, I grew up. We didn't. We only had one TV, so it was very like when I was a kid. It was hard to watch. It was whatever my brother wanted to watch more than what I wanted to watch, unless it was cartoons. So unless it was Transformers, GI Joe, or whatever, and then I would constantly watch like uh, what we call Care Bears, Rainbow Bright, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. Like I had no concept. I mean, to me, it was just whatever was on. Sure, you know, Rainbow Bright was awesome. It was awesome. I like Rainbow Bright. Um, but so yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, it's uh, just uh, a question mm-hmm. on that. Um. So I think I'm the only non-wrestling fan in the room. Um, and do you think it would be interesting for a non-wrestling? Fan? Oh yeah, it's com- the wrestling pay- plays of uh, not a, it's not complete in the background or something. They still keep it there. It's just not the obviously this is a real dramatic comedy kind of series. Right. And, you know, serial. It's not a a wrestling program. But that's part of the thing is is that a couple of the characters you know there are i mean all the characters most of them are not have no wrestling background or interest in it and so they literally um take them to wrestling matches you know one of the main characters they they take her to a match so she can see because she's not taking it seriously right and um it's it's really incredible to watch her you know interests and stuff so you know it's something like i said i'm not victor and, and jasper have like a whole history i mean my childhood yeah i enjoyed it but it was not the level of exposure or interest. And by the time, um, you know, I was growing out of it, like I, I was gained heavily into music. So music mm-hmm. was my whole life for like 15 yeah. years. Um, so uh, but now, I mean, over the last few years, uh, you know, been getting reconnected with it and fucking so jealous of Victor getting to see like every ECW like match like half of them live and shit yeah that's pretty yeah. cool yeah so i mean i'm like because yeah ecw is the shit so um but uh other than that uh also on netflix um they did uh i did watch the first season of f is for family uh bill burr's animated series i heard that was uh, really funny the the first season i enjoyed it i think bill burr is probably like one of the funniest human beings alive oh, yeah but translating it to the anime medium it's just not as good and it's actually the one the only thing i do like about it is that it's pretty relentlessly depressing in spots Hmm. and very honest so i do like that he doesn't try like sugarcoat anything it's like a very um you know there's some people compare it like you know to a king of the hill kind of environment in a way of the way they live but obviously way more abrasive profanity laced and all that but um I'm only an episode in, so I can't really say much, but I still like it. I laughed. Um, I Victor and I talked about this the way, the way a ghost story. I finally sat down and watched XX, or The XX. Oh, right, and, right. Um, uh, That's the, the anthology one? Yes, the yeah, anthology. Okay. Done by all women. All women, and... Um, the, it's Which a, I'm surprised none of us thought to mention when we were talking about Wonder Woman, actually. Yeah. Oh. Well, we talked a little bit about because yeah. I definitely remember you I guys mean, I, discussing yeah, I it. it after I saw it, but saw not during Wonder but it's, Woman. I yeah, because we did talk about it. You mm-hmm. and I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's one of those ones where I love horror anthologies. It's one of my three favorite horror subgenres. Um, and I freely admit, I mean, horror anthologies are generally a mixed bag. You're going to get about half good and half bad. I mean, it, there's mm. few exceptions. I mean, to me, the standout, obviously, stuff like Creep Show, Trick or Treat, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, 
Sure. Um, there's some smaller ones that I really enjoy, like Trilogy of Terror. Trilogy of Terror. Twilight from, Zone. The movie. Twilight well, Zone. Even that actually has bad ones. Yeah, you know? but some of them are. You know, it's it's the the problem with like Twilight Zone the movies is just that you know they were going for more. I mean, like the show, which had a mix of stuff. Right. I mean, like the kick the can segment. You know, obviously yeah. most people lament. Where they're like, oh, I really yeah. drags the. It's. I mean, I'm a huge Spielberg fan, and I can't stand. Yeah, it. it's, it's really. It's, it's like just everything cheesy. wrong with Spielberg. Yeah. yeah, it's. It is his ultimate saccharine screen time, probably ever. And um, but you know, there's some smaller ones I like, like from Whisper to a Scream, Grim Perry Tales, uh, uh, Dead Time Stories. You know, there's there's so many I could go on forever, but um. It's even two of the two of the stories I think are not very good, and two of them are really good. Um, one of them's really bad; the other one's like okay, they're average. Um, but you know, it, it's definitely How worth about checking that last out. One, though? The last one's great. I like the um, the hiking story too. I mean, it's Did a very see, generic. Okay, so like, I mean, and I I guess you know maybe we still don't want to spoil it, but like that last one, um, you know, and and I brought this up before is a sequel to something. Um, oh that's you know, right that's right. the one i like yeah, yeah exactly but like did you how early did you catch that um you know it's it's one of those ones where you know i kind of when i first started watching it i'm like wow this is kind of like a, um when uh, the very first part i was watching it the kind of like omen house of the devil kind of like um uh, what do you call it you know that kind of like nurturing right. kind of like oh i'm really getting you know like i can you know, but it's, I don't know if it's a hundred percent, I just more spiritual to me, right. no pun intended, uh-huh. but, um, yeah, no, it definitely, be, I mean, you mean just whether it's an actual sequel? Yeah, I guess that's the, it, that's the, it well, is. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know. To me, it's, there's, there's there. character there, there's like a specific line that's said in there, oh, okay. um, which, you know, and I'll even say this because if you, you know, if, if, uh, if, um, you know, if you would recognize this, but there, there's a line where she says, um, uh, it's, uh, what is it? It's like little, uh, Wendy or Johnny or something like that. Um, and she says that line, um, you know, and, and, oh. and it's like, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I oh, I, you know, you know, and I watched it when I was sleeping. So I, I probably just felt it was yeah, more yeah. surface to me, but yeah, yeah I don't know. But I um and then the yeah, first because they also like mention you know oh your right. father went off to Hollywood exactly yeah. to become oh, an actor dude. yeah exactly yeah uh, totally. I just yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sorry you guys I was half asleep so you were obviously that one's way more one. in tune than I was I, I would rewatch that one but that was a good yeah, one yeah. I felt and obviously the longest and most fleshed out of the stories yeah um the Yvonka's one was not bad I like the idea very Twilight Zone ish or uh-huh. very like. The party one was one of the. I still think the big problem <laughs> with Yovankas is um, the casting. Uh, what's her face from the strain as the mother, right? And that the story itself wasn't that good. Yeah, the, the only issue I really had with that one, to be honest with you, I felt that it built really good, um, uh, you know, like tension. But I didn't like the scene of them sitting around the dinner table, like when they're eating, and you know, you know, the scene I'm talking about, yeah. like because that that didn't really happen, you know. And yeah. so it's like, I to me, that's just a pet peeve when you show things like it's like there's a whole section of the movie, and then somebody wakes up and it's a dream or like whatever like that. I'm like, you know, like I don't think that stuff's necessarily. I think it's a bit of a cop out, and um, I I didn't like that part, but I felt the atmosphere of that one was good. Yeah, and yeah, yeah as far as St. Vincent's one, I mean, I don't know, like I I think it it had a good um you know punchline to it um but you know it was definitely a bizarre film and so I, funny i i need to rewatch this because 
I am drawing an. I, I watched this movie and I'm drawing an entire blank on all of it. Really? Really? And yeah. I think it's like Kirby said, I was half asleep when I watched right, it. Right, right. And I remember thinking, oh, that was really good. But I think I was so half asleep that I just, I lost. I might have to rewatch that. Oh, over, like over this just long without spoiling the first one is about the little kid. He's on the subway. Yeah, and he meets that guy with the package. Yeah. And he shows and him the package and he's like, can't eat. yeah. Uh, yeah, right. I really and, enjoyed that one. Yeah, that's Yovanka's. Yeah, and then but, the second one was the one, the Saint Vincent one is the one with um, uh, the melon. Her, her the it's the kid's birthday party. Yes, that one was good. Yeah, I like oh, see, one. I didn't like that yeah. one. At really, all. I, I thought it was I. It, it being, I think if you're a parent, I think you relate with it. Well, uh, no, I mean, in a I, funny I, way. I chuckled because, at it, uh, but. Because that is that that kind of chaotic holy shit moment is every day of your life, right? So yeah, I do remember that now. But yeah, yeah and then the third the one we're again. talking about is uh, the mom and the son. Well, that's the fourth one. Yeah, the, no, fourth the fourth one, one the yeah, hiking. The one, well, I'm telling the other one yeah. we were talking about. Yeah, the mom that's... and the son, and he's doing sports, uh-huh. and the weirdo come, the weird postman comes up to them. Yeah, and see, that's the one I'm fuzzy on. I think it's because I I, I kind of Twilight slept through most of yeah. it. So. Definitely something I need to revisit. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good one, the X-Men. I don't remember the third one at all. Yeah. That's yeah. A, it was like kind of like the, a traditional was... horror. They found like the, the etchings on the wall. They were haunted by like a oh, wait, uh, they're out camping American or spirit. Oh yeah. yeah, that one was good. Well they were in that little trailer. And then the girl yeah. gets she gets possessed. Yes. Yes. I actually yeah. kinda like that. Well no, it's just it's very straight horror. Like yeah. you can't really say anything amazing about, but it mm-hmm. certainly wasn't bad. It was just effective. I thought that that's was well the done. one that's done by somebody who was in VHS. And, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. also did uh something And it feels for, like a VHS. Um, totally. Uh what's that? Uh cross uh what I'm thinking Southbound. Southbound, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which I like. And too. the one the one we all like pretty much the, the her only living son. Yeah, yeah. that one. That was by Karen Kuzama, who yeah, did the invitation, invitation, and yeah, other movies that aren't as good as the invitation, but um, yeah. yeah, 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 nice. It was good. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, I don't really think the only thing I was going to mention, not to get back on our uh, last episode, we got a little too skinamax ish, but uh, <laughs> I did watch on. I, I do love. Um, uh, like I said documentaries and. I'd actually seen the first one of this was After Porn Ends. Oh, yeah, I've got the Part second. Yeah. There's a that's second one. Yeah, that's Netflix. the one I just watched. And, you know, people are going to like, I mean, you talk conventionally to people, and people are like, yeah, I bet you did like it. It's like, no, this is actually, like, really sad. Like Seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and if you didn't see the first one, it was also very yeah, sad. Strangely yeah. enough, most porn things are actually yeah. sad in yeah. real life. Yeah. Just like the hot girls wanted one. Yeah, that one sad. was really, yeah. like, oh, yeah, 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 depressing. But the, um... Well, it's because, you know, for the most part, none of these people really have a lot of skills to oh, rely yeah. on afterwards. Well, and I mean, frankly, those are the sad ones that aren't yeah. even getting into the, then, the grisly realities of, uh, you know, I mean, like, actual sex trafficking yeah. well, and then stuff there's, like that. I think I think I saw the first one. And that one had um, Mary Carey. No, no, no. The Asian porn star who was really popular. Was oh, Asia Carrera. Yeah, her yeah. and how she's like become like uber religious, like a born again Christian yeah. and stuff now. I guess yeah. that's just a way to cope with. So I think some do that, but I think also. I mean, I just know them from the documentary. Yeah, I've heard about them. And... The second one, the one that really <laughs> hits. The one is the you don't um, have the action figures, right? Yeah, no. the dude from. Uh, Oh, I want to say not Devil and Miss Jones. Behind the Green Door, the one Marilyn Chambers, the um, African American actor in it. Mm-hmm. His life story that he tells in it is absolutely like heartbreaking and amazing. Like 
Awesome. So I really enjoyed that part, but um, like without spoiling anything, but like on the downside is like, um, Bloodhound Gang lyrics aside, but man, Chasey Lane's like life is really oh shitty. Oh, yeah. Like, Math yeah, she it. really she fucked it up. Awful. So, yeah. yep. So that's pretty much it. How about you, Joshua? On a, hey, on a, on a real oh. quick side note, if you guys want to re- really read a depressing story about the dark, dark side of pornography, Boy, do check I. out the book Snuff by Chuck Palahniuk. Uh, oh, right. That yeah. is such a dark book. But okay, that, that book. that's all I got to say <laughs> about it's that. It's a game bang. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Anywho. Um, so, yeah. So, I, you know, if I'm not watching a ton of things. I mean, the number one thing, um, and I hope that we maybe get a chance to do a deeper dive on this when everybody has seen it. Uh, but Baby Driver, I just got to throw in my love for Baby Driver. I'm still hot on the Baby Driver tip. It's, yeah, without spoiling it, it is very good. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, no spoilers. Well, that's it's, that animated one with the baby that's acting like an adult, right? Yeah, yeah totally. it's a direct-to-DVD sequel <laughs> of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I was, I was making a uh, Boss Baby joke. Yeah, oh, it's right. a spiritual <laughs> sequel to Luke Who's Talking. Nice. The um, Boss Baby Driver. <laughs> yeah, the baby <laughs> gets a car. Um, but, uh, yeah, Baby Driver is freaking radical, and I, I just, I know, you know, sometimes we can get on, like, getting onto a new movie, and then we kind of, like, don't talk about the one, so I just don't want to, like, lose our opportunity to talk about Baby Driver a little bit. Baby Driver is freaking awesome. Um, like, I mean, right now, I've got, like, a solid top three for the year, uh, Get Out, Baby Driver, and The Bad Batch, um, which, you know, we're gonna get to in a minute. But um, absolutely loved it. I mean, I expected the kind of gimmick of that movie, which is that basically it's like a music video where like everything's choreographed to music. But I didn't expect it to be on the level that it was. Um, so that was super cool. I like like I literally had to, like cool off. I'd like stand outside of the theater for like 20 minutes <laughs> because it, I knew that if I got in my car. Um, I would just start driving way too fast. And so like I stood outside my you know, for like twenty minutes and just like decompressed. Much like your experience with Tokyo Drift. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, I mean that's still... He was drifting all over the parking yeah. structure. But but I was like but but then I got in my car twenty minutes later, still drove way too fast home. Like I, I immediately went to Spotify, put on the soundtrack, and I was like, oh, That's it, I'm a driver, yeah you know, so yeah, um, really, <laughs> really loved it. Uh, super awesome movie. How did uh, that go again? I don't know. I forget. Like, uh, <laughs> ah, I'm an awesome driver. Um, where are you at, Lily James? But uh, but so that's the, I want to give my time to that one. And also um, something you had actually mentioned, Kirby. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched uh, Future Shock. The story oh, yes. of 2018. Actually, that was Victor's one. Oh, but was it? Yes, yeah. we did oh, actually talk about okay. that one. Yeah, awesome. Um, I loved it, man. Like, I mean, you know, you see a lot of these documentaries and some are better than others to be sure. Um, I thought this one was just tremendous, very, very high quality. Um, the people that they got, I mean, the access that they got, you know, Brian Gibbons and Grant Morrison, you know, I mean, just all of these, these luminaries. Yeah. Um, Severin is killing the cinema documentary game right now. Them in uh, cult screens, well, UK. I, I think they realize there's a market for these uh, types of uh, things besides just as a DVD uh, supplemental. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. I'm, well, I mean, if they're of the quality of that, totally. Because you know, one one of the best things about documentaries like this that are so far after the fact is you just you have people that are completely unafraid 
to just be upfront, you know, and just and talk shit about other other people, right? You know, and that's that's one thing that it's like, um, you know, you watch these, uh, you know, special features of new movies that come out, and so much of the time they're not as good as the special features of older movies that come out, right? Because they're still hyping the movie, they're still under contract, they're still having, they still have an active career, and they're trying to make sure that everybody likes them, right? You know, but if you walk, go back and you watch a documentary now, like the the one that was made, you know, I mean, several years ago, but about Jaws, um, you know, or you watch the documentaries about Blade Runner that come out and it's like, everybody's like, oh yeah, no, we'll talk about it. They hated each other and, you know, this was wrong and this was wrong and, and I was pissed off back then about this and just shit talking and, you know, just talking about how badly people were treated and how, you know, like with Blade Runner, like Ridley Scott, you know, is terrible with people, but he's a great visualist and, you know, the actors hated him and da-da-da-da-da. So, you know, when you have something like Future Shock come out that that's, again, it's along those same lines. Like, people are just totally willing to really be upfront about that kind of thing. It was awesome. And to my shame, um, I'm completely unfamiliar with 2080. I mean, I know Judge Dredd. It's very hard to find in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. obviously, I mean, uh, you know, I remember it being referenced a lot because, you know, in fact, I brought this up uh, a while ago. Like, I love Spaced. And it's brought up a lot in Spaced. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, I know Judge Dredd is. But just looking at the panels that they show in this documentary, I mean, I immediately was on Amazon, like, looking for books of collections yeah. of 2000 AD stuff that I could find. I was like, this this is, like, what I kind of wanted Heavy Metal to be because Heavy Metal had some amazing stories in it. But there was a lot of shit. And maybe 2000 AD was the case as well. You know, maybe they were just cherry picking the two, the good 2000 AD stuff, and there's a lot of bullshit in, in that as well. Did you find anything on Amazon? Um, yeah, totally. There's some good collections of Is books. Is it decently priced? Or... You know, 30 bucks. That's not bad. Yeah, totally. Not that bad. I mean, there's like some good hardcover ones. Um, and really, that's what I want to do is kind of go in and find, you know, just some of the different stories. And then there's a bunch of books that like collect, you know, it's like this is all Judge Dredd or like this is all Strontium of Dog and, you know, they'll do things like that. But yeah, you know, I just felt that in terms of, of how this thing was produced, absolutely loved Future Shock. Um, you know, it's on Amazon Prime. Very, yeah, I got very, it on my watch list. Yeah, it's very highly recommended. Um, and then, um, you know, I just, I just to quickly pay lip service. I mean, I'm the only person in this room that's watching Twin Peaks right now. But anybody who's listening right now, you know, like that last episode of Twin Peaks was unbelievable, and it's basically a movie on its own. It's like it's absolutely incredible. So I, you know, that's that's what's happening right now, and I just had to throw that in there. Um, and then uh, honestly, that's uh, pretty much mostly what I've been um, watching, other than um, you know the Bad Batch, which we're going to get to. I think. I think Twin Peaks is something we can binge. When we're able to, and it'd be a yeah. good, it'd be yeah. a good thing to have an entire show. And I think, I think, yeah, I think it's worth it. You like know, I, I said, I'm really wanting to go back and watch the original series first, and then bin. I'm really looking forward to doing that and oh, then yeah. binging this new one. Well, and the connections to the original series are really, really crazy, and the things that you're seeing, like you know, that were completely unexplainable, some weird line that was in the original that you're like, oh, that's just Twin Peaks nonsense. Uh -huh. That's totally paid off in this nice. one. It's, Not it's to exciting. say that they planned that. I mean, maybe they didn't plan that and they're like oh you know
know, this was just some weird line that we have figured out a way to fill in the blanks on. But whether that's the case or not, like the way that they're tying things together makes you feel like there was a plan in the early 90s that is only coming to fruition now. And it's like those two things. As I really uh, I really need that kind of payoff after oh, the very disappointing X-Files relaunch last year. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you this, man, like, I mean, after that last episode, like, I just, I don't know where it's going to go from here, and it was so mind-bogglingly terrific um, in just in terms of what that means for television. I mean, I've never in my life seen a television show do what this thing did in one episode. There's a reason that everybody's talking about this thing. Um, so, yeah, once you get to episode eight, guys, like, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Like, it's absolutely stunning. Um, and definitely needed to be talked about. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much me. Yeah, um, I think for me, I've been watching a few things. I watched uh, the first episode of season two of uh, Preacher. Oh, cool. Which started uh, this week. Um, which is a Vertigo thing, which is basically a bunch of 2000 AD people yeah. came over to US. Exactly. It was a Garth Ennis uh, jam. Um, yeah, season two got off to a good start. Um, I really liked how they're filming. Uh, this one basically introduced the storyline of the uh, scene of killers hunting down a uh, preacher, Jesse Custer. And uh, it was, it starts off with this retro car chase where mm. they add like the seventies filter to it and everything, <laughs> which kind of plays into a uh, baby driver, which also saw uh, again, uh, go see this movie. Yeah. I, I would ease. It's easily yeah, in my top five of the year as well. Um, so good. Um, yeah, we also, me and Kirby saw ghost story. Can't really, you know, review it. Um, I will say uh, it, it's, uh, it's an you interesting movie. give impressions, movie. right? Yeah, it, it's an interesting movie. Okay. Um, All right. I don't know if I would watch it again. I probably wouldn't watch it again. I don't think I could ever watch it again, but um, I would definitely. It was an interesting experience. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yesterday I saw Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, it comes out next week, so I don't really want to spoil it for anybody. I will say it's probably the best... Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie this year. Much better than Guardians. Okay, this year. I was about to say, what? Yeah. Much better than Guardians. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah. Because I honestly, I mean, I'm still going to keep my expectations low just to have a better experience. Yeah. I I will say this if you hear this stay all the way till the end of the credits. Okay. There are two end credit scenes. Okay. Awesome. And I'm. I'll say that uh, the, the last end credit scene is probably the best end credit scene I've seen in any Marvel movie. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Um, but yeah, what else? I swear there was like some other stuff. Um, yeah, Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. So I saw um, this movie on Netflix. It's called Nobody Speak, The Trials of the Free Press. Oh, yeah. And it is all about the, uh, the uh, Hulk Hogan gawker lawsuit um this won the best documentary award at sundance oh really it's it's actually two things the first half is is about the uh, hogan gawker lawsuit the uh second the second part is about um sheldon adel adelman adelson adelson yeah who who owns pretty much all of the media in las vegas and he bought the last independent newspaper they're the las vegas journal constitution essentially to keep himself out of the news in las vegas 
And it's all about the chilling effects that money has on media. Wow. Talks a lot about, uh, it shows a lot of footage of Donald Trump's, uh, rallies when he was, uh, campaigning to be president and how he, like, people were, like, actually, like, trying to get in fights with the media after Mm -hmm. he was encouraging people. Oh, yeah. That the media were the devil and people were throwing shit at them. It was really crazy. Right. Yeah. It's a very good documentary. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but other than that, pretty much um, the main thing we saw last week was uh, the Bad Batch. I haven't seen Okja yet, which came out. Yeah, I gotta watch that on too. Netflix today. Bong Joon Ho's new movie. Yes, the director of uh, Snowpiercer. I will probably watch that uh, tomorrow, and then we'll. He talk also about did it uh, the host, right? Yes, the yeah, host. Yeah, I love the host. Yeah. As well. Great monster movie. Totally. Yeah, we yeah. might as well get into the meat. Oh, hey, but I do want to ask quick on an automotive tip since it's been the thing. Has anyone seen Blood Drive yet? No, I don't even know what that is. Oh, it it's a like new a oh, right, sci-fi, the, the grindhouse uh, off of uh, Blood Car. It's blood Car, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the What's the plot? It's uh, just it's a, a car that runs on blood. Blood. Oh, okay. So like it's a post-apocalyptic future where all the vehicles run on blood. Oh really? And there was an old independent feature. It had um Anna Chlumsky or whatever yeah, from yeah. Uh, My Girl and stuff in it. Yeah. She's and, also on Veep now. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard. But uh, she um is actually a good little little independent movie. Uh-huh. But I just keep seeing trailers nonstop. But I very very rarely meet anybody who's actually seen it. Yeah. In, in my circle of friends. So I was just curious if anybody um, had yet. Real quick, don't keep away from the. Uh... A main topic forever, but um, I saw the uh, the ABC trailer for Inhumans today. Yeah, has anybody else seen that? I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, no. it looks like garbage. Yeah, I was going to ask what your thoughts on it were. The CGI lockjaw looks cool. Throughout. Yeah, I thought I thought that too. Um, I thought uh, it was weird that they actually tried because they actually tried to put Medusa in her like comic book purple costume, and it just looks really weird. Right. I'm like, you might as well just put the antenna on Black Bolt's head mm-hmm. if you were going to do that. Anyway, I was just curious if anybody else saw it. I'm... It looks super low budget, just like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'm yeah, probably going to watch sucks. it anyway. I don't like that. <laughs> I, that. When it has that look to it, it drives me yeah. crazy. I did see that Death Note trailer, though. Looked, I, I haven't seen that yeah. yet, but I'm not a big Is uh, that the live action guy? one? Yeah, the live action one. I, I love Death Note. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I'm I think Death Note's an, great, actually. Yeah, I'm I, not even an anime guy, yeah. but Neither like, am I, I just but think it's such anymore, a cool concept. And that's my problem is that that's one challenge I always pose to people as I go, I haven't been into anime in 20 years. Yeah. Like, convince me that something's good. And I mean, obviously, I'm more interested in the horror and yeah, like the sure. dark kind of anime and stuff. But, um, like, I know Adam, we talked about one time, like, Attack on Titan. I was like, it was okay. But, yeah, you know, right. it's just, it's one of those things where it's visually very cool. But, like, again, it just falls into all the tropes of anime I that know, make man. it so awful. Totally. There's totally a, uh, there's a series that I watched. Uh, I can't remember if it was Hulu or Netflix, or even if it's still on there, called Zombie High School. Uh-huh. That was actually pretty good from right. a horror standpoint. Yeah, I there's some good it. ones. I think it's one of the only ones that That's still has. Definitely, I think where Death Note is like, it, you know, that was one of those ones where I was like, because I'm in a lot of the same boat. I'm like, eh, anime. And then like, I watched Death Note. I was like, okay, like, I get this now. Like, this is really, really interesting. You know, the, the way that it takes that base concept, mm-hmm. which is a super simple concept, and then the way that it expands upon it, you know, where that he basically, you know, he starts 
testing like what happens if i write this in the book what happens if i write this in the book and it's just like you know i don't know i don't see how they're possibly going to be able to deliver on that in a movie um my guess is that they're going to try to make multiple movies if this one succeeds yeah Yeah. um but it's adam wingard and right now i'm totally on board with adam wingard i didn't love blair witch at all no you know i I can't say i hated it it didn't need a reboot but it didn't it was it was unnecessary and it was dumb But, like, he still has so much goodwill for me for after you're next and the guest that, yeah. like... Yeah, me too. No, those are both great. Yeah. So, get this. If you're into old school anime, this is cringeworthy. My 17-year-old daughter and my 14-year-old son are heavily into anime. Uh, the newer stuff. So, I handed them my DVDs of Akira, Ninja Scroll, mm-hmm. and Appleseed. And I'm like, dude, you guys like anime. You should check these out. I get them back from them, like, a week later. And I'm like, what'd you think? Uh, we didn't finish watching any of them. Why not? We couldn't get past the horrible animation. Ugh. I was like, "Are you kidding me, Akira? You, are, you, Akira? you didn't Akira finish watching has beautiful animation. Oh my god! Yeah, but yeah exactly. Everything is so. I con- love my. I still to, to this day one of the most iconic images, and I would buy a poster of this in a heartbeat. Would be the giant teddy bear that's bleeding. Yes, <laughs> I still think that's like one of the coolest images I've ever Dude, seen. Yeah, and uh, there's everything is so clean and so yeah. computerized now that I was like, you guys just robbed yourself of a beautiful experience. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. That's the kids, crazy. They to just think. don't understand. Yeah, man. damn kids, get off my, my lawn. lawn. <laughs> so, uh, so I uh, I ordered um, the uh, Bad Batch uh, soundtrack on vinyl. So did I. Yeah, awesome. And, and I got the uh, sheet of blotter so paper. So did I. Yeah. And, wow, you uh, guys got it already? Uh, no, 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 it's not. It. It's just set or to ship. Is that but, pre-order? Yeah, But I pre-order. did say to start off our Bad Batch discussion, this is unbelievably, probably to some listeners, my first time ever using Voodoo. Oh, really? I've oh, never wow. used it. I, I had no idea. Have you... But isn't it's such an easy? Yeah, it, it's right. unbelievable. Like I'm gonna be using this so much now. Is I well, I, Victor, I know, it always told me about you know on demand and some of the ways he's streaming movies. For because to me, I'm part for it's part that I'm a traditionalist, but it's also because you know I got to price it out for me. It's got to be what I would pay for a ticket. So yeah. Bad Batch paid six ninety nine, which yeah. is the price of a ticket, and that was for rental, right? For rental, yeah. 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 yeah you can yeah. buy it for fourteen. Yeah. yeah. So um, for me, it's that's where I went I with did. it. But How it long in... do you guess like th- it'll be before it has like a physical release? Um, I would probably say at least a few months. Okay. Yeah, probably two or three. Because I'm not gonna buy it like digitally. Because I don't buy anything My whole digitally. Neither do I. Yeah. I had a, I have a lot of draft house. Uh, Blu-rays, they don't include digital copies usually. Oh, really? And I like having a digital copy. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, I'm fine buying it digitally. Can I ask you guys real quick where you pre-ordered those vinyls at? Uh, oh, Mondo. Mondo. Yeah. MondoTees.com. And I would also like just to mention that my birthday is in August. <laughs> <laughs> so if I don't need to order it, somebody needs to tell me. So it's funny, though, those th- though, the blotter paper, right? So it's like a page, and it's funny, it says LSD not included. Yeah. Um, nice. And it's uh, on the back is something signed by Anna Lily Amirpour and so you know I was talking to my friend about it you know and uh I was like yeah I'm totally going to get it and I'm going to I'm going to like come out of psychedelic retirement and I'm going <laughs> to and I'm going to and I'm going to do some acid off of Anna Lily's signature 
just because I can. That would be funny. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm probably Can you not. do that on the show? That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just going right. to say, we'll have to live stream Well, yeah, that. we've done uh, Eat Batman, Superman serial. Now we'll have Joshua does acid off of vinyl. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, totally. no, Just a slightly we'll different step. Uber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but uh, I, I'd also like to add, even though we're doing the Bad Batch discussion, right now is the uh, one-time only uh, Rick and Morty live stream happening right now. Oh, really? So I have it going on with an earpiece oh, oh my god i was wondering some, something uh in case there's a big announcement that happens oh man it's basically like a comic con type panel <laughs> with a bunch of super fans i was wondering we're like in a podcast and you've got like an earbud in your ear and I'm i like, thought what you is did that because your headphones were messed up. no 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 yeah. it's funny. i was so like, I'm just tracking it in case we can break it feels like we're like in a scene from like um you know uh, well, from primer say- right now you know and you're just like yeah. listening to your little earbud yeah. I was actually going to say, all right, Harry Knowles, I guess if you want to blog about it, too. <laughs> no, they're basically just answering uh, questions that people have. It Like, is the show canceled? Why isn't season three starting? Right, right. Yeah. Because greatness takes time. Yeah. That's the reason why. How many of you are stupid enough to pay $50,000 for Szechuan dipping sauce? Right. That's 20 Jesus. years old. Um, Do you know they sell recreated Szechuan dipping canisters on, like, Etsy, right? Really? Yeah. And there are people buy those up. I was going to make buttons of those for Comic-Con, but I was like, no. Right, no. right. Um, There's a line, Victor. <laughs> so you got uh, Bad Batch on Voodoo. Yeah. Um, and then I believe you also watched it on Voodoo or, or whatever. Right? I watched Jasper. it on Voodoo, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got you. I watched on the big... Did you see all yeah, the big me, me, me and Joshua both saw it at the Alamo Draft House. Yeah. And I also saw it on Voodoo. Yeah, totally. Um, and again, like I, I, it's really hard because I, I want to buy that movie. Like, and... Like, we're, we're thinking about going to see it at Film Bar this weekend, you know, because we want to see it again. And we have some other friends that didn't get to see it. And I'm kind of like, well, maybe I should just buy it digitally and then we can just all get together at my house and watch it. But well, then I'm the like. The side is if you do that, get it digitally, watch it at your house, you can do drugs while you're watching it. Yeah. I mean, not that that would stop me in no, the theater anyway, but, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I would so not trip and watch that movie. Like, it's I, like, I'll say this. Years <laughs> ago, uh, when, uh, when, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the Tim Burton movie <laughs> came out, um, I was going out with this girl at the time. And we and Charlie had, and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, yeah, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Right. And we saw it on IMAX. And we were casually joking about getting high and watching it. <laughs> no, she got super high to the point of like, okay, I need to take you home. Right. It's yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. I, I mean, want, uh, you're like seeing I, Deep Roy that's everywhere. So funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. I I have like I'll, sometimes off air. I'll tell you my Willy Wonka or my Charlie and Chocolate Factory story. Uh, it doesn't involve drugs, but yeah. it was uh, certainly an interesting experience. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, like, uh, so the point is, is the Bad Batch, like, I want to watch that movie again, man. Like, yeah, yeah it's very watchable. Yeah, we, yeah. I, I've watched it, I've watched it three times now. And how does it hold up? It holds up good. Nice. I, I think it, it, to me, it's, that's the big, that's the big thing to me. Like, if I can watch a movie over and over and I keep finding things, mm-hmm. that's a win for me. Yeah. You know, and I need to feel the need to rewatch it. So that's, you know need to feel the need to rewatch and it needs to hold up on the rewatch that's yeah. why like 
for example, like Colossal would never make my list because yeah. I have no need to ever see that movie. I don't even want to like think about Colossal again, much less watch it again. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> I know, but we were we were talking <laughs> off the air about how like a lot of people are starting to do their uh, best of lists and Colossal's starting to wind up on them. What? And, and to me, ever? it's like. That's um, like an indictment of a weak year in filmmaking. Or... I was thinking it was a weak year up until the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, honestly. No, it's getting really solid now. I think you'll really like Spider-Man Homecoming. It's, yeah. It's, it's weirdly enough, it's a lot like Baby Driver. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think at this point and stuff, I mean, we're at the halfway point, basically just a, about to pass it. And yeah. I think for a lot of people, I mean, you really should be at least waiting till then. Uh, and then obviously like that... um december oscar push yeah they're either going to do it then or push it till january or whatever they decide to do but i mean you know it's it's kind of at a point where yeah i've got a few and stuff that i I can definitely say are in my top um uh, bad batch i truly enjoyed and i actually will say this it's one of the interesting things for me was is that it is far more linear than i expected yeah no way i i thought it was gonna be exactly like I walked in like it was going to be Girl Walks Home Alone at night. Right. And it was completely different. Um, it had some of the same elements, ideas, um, set set piece, kind of I, the way I like I, to look at the, the desolation. See, I feel like that would be an interesting article for Joshua to write, like compare and contrast it to a Girl Walks Home. Right. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll work on that. Yeah, it's just sure. one of those things where um, that's kind of, I just, it's going to be my reference point. But I also, I mean... The one was, of course, it's also, you know, that is, this one is still atmospheric, but way more action oriented than I ever expected. Like in terms of the opening being so powerful Mm -hmm. um, and hitting so hard. And then on the same note, it's how abrasive it is in the beginning and lighthearted in a way at the very end. (laughs) I mean, it's such like a... um, such an interesting set of bookends for me and then everything in the middle is that it is not as linear but it is still the same journey you'd expect it that has stuff that i was surprised by but i still was like i know where this is going like i do so even though everyone else in that film has no idea where the fuck they're going (laughs) so yeah it's it's interesting consider we i think overall all of us do like the movie so, but I know Adam didn't really like it yeah. at all. I mean, but to the, be fair, I feel like for some people, this might be a polarizing movie. Well, I think that that's evident. I mean, if you just look at the 45% yeah. Run Tomatoes rating it has right now, like, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised by that. But I, you know, it, you know, one thing that kept going through my head, because I don't know, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm way hotter on this movie than you guys are. I mean, I, I know you guys really like it, but I mean, I love the movie oh yeah you definitely express that like i adore it and um you know but but i think about you know like the fact that and i'm not saying it's on this level but like blade runner got terrible reviews when it came out 2001 got terrible reviews when it came out um you know i i kind of feel like this movie is ahead of its time i think that you know people are going to look at this movie in retrospect and they're going to appreciate a lot more i mean look at movies like adventures of buckaroo bonsai you know i mean you want to talk about like bonkers movies that like you know have just like a really bizarre you know like i don't know that that's like but that's the funny part to mm -hmm. me is the bad batch that's kind of what i was saying i don't want to interrupt her right. but to me that's the thing it was not at all no, bizarre it felt point. exactly yeah. like what should happen but i can imagine certain segments of the population probably that 45 yeah. percent you know yeah, you're watching like, certain parts of the movie and you're going 
Yeah, that's legit. That seems legit. Yeah, yeah it I seems guess. exactly what but would here's happen. Here's the thing: like, I love this movie a lot. Um, it very much had the atmosphere and feel to me of like a late '90s IFC film. Hmm, yeah. Which was really, I mean, that's my shit. I really, really enjoy that kind of feel to a movie. Even the, I, I mean, are we spoiler casting this or are we? Uh, I suppose so. Yeah, I, I, mean, I had a couple keep of. Keep it light because I think a lot of people I haven't mean, seen this I, movie. I feel like you really can't spoiler cast this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. very open. We have I to had talk a, about what we're getting out yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I had a couple of, there was just a couple of things in the movie that bugged me, but they were very, uh, very on the surface things that didn't really have anything to do with the plot of the movie or anything like that. Right. Um, the number one thing that kept me kind of cringing was how fucking far apart was Comfort and the Cannibal Place? Because she seemed to traverse back and forth like mm-hmm. in no time I whatsoever. Would say it's at least a day or two, you know. Yeah. But it didn't seem like that. Like there's the whole no. part where she where she left with the gun, and I know it's kind of time lapse, but when by the time she ran into somebody at a dump that you kind of got to imagine somewhere in between I, the two places, yeah. she didn't look real hag. She didn't look like she'd been walking through the well, desert. Well, I feel like that's a stylistic a choice. Yeah. It also but, seems to me that Comfort is probably close enough that, I mean, they know. I mean, I got the impression. And that, you know, I, I want to say one thing I really liked about this film is all the inferred lore. Um, thing you know they didn't feel the need to over explain really anything yeah. in the film um which you know i know that uh you know some people like you know in adam's review he he kind of you know didn't like that aspect of the film and that's fair um but you know i like the fact that they did not um really go into that kind of things and so one of the things is like well, how do you know? Like, how are you, as far as comfort goes, how are you going to know whether to let in somebody who's from well, the camp? Right? Here's my take on this. The cannibals. Comfort is surrounded by armed guards and has stacked railroad yeah, guards. Exactly. guards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the dream tells them, you lost an arm and a leg to get here. Yeah, so yeah. to me, it's almost like comfort kind of started off as sort of like, uh, like a, because there's like a, very much a case system. Right. Like at some point, the first bad batchers were the ones that set up right at the wall to ambush the new people. Right. And those who got away started comfort. Yeah. That yeah. was my take on it. That's yeah, because there's yeah. even the one scene where they show people walking and there's a girl on a crutch with one leg. Yeah. Right. And I remember thinking, well, why did the new girl get a false leg? And this chick obviously yeah. has been here for a while. And, she's and going, uh, clearly she's because of whatever enterprise the dream has going, he's able to get real food versus the people at, you know, right at the gates who are for, who are basically living off of people. Yeah. And I think that, um, and again, this is another kind of like just inferred lore thing is, you know, they show him and all of his drugs. And I think that's essentially what he's doing is he's trading drugs. Like what I read out of it is that the dream was probably, you know, a drug dealer of yeah. some type. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, he had this huge cache of drugs, yeah. which was the thing that lo- that was his nest. Yeah. Because when he with. was talking to her about, well, what happens to your shit? Right. She's like, I don't. When that whole speech, he sounded like a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. He didn't sound, or like, you know, I know he was supposed to be like a cultish kind of leader, but he was talking to her like a drug, a, a drug kingpin almost would explain. Well, this is how I justify my drug trade. Yeah. Right. But as far as like the, uh, like you were saying, the inferred lore, I really enjoyed that too, and I really enjoyed the fact. 
that there's not a lot of dialogue in this movie. Yeah. You have to fill in a lot of the blanks yourself. And I really enjoy movies like that. There's nothing I hate more than when you get like an action flick and somebody who supposedly died or, you know, the bomb disappeared. And, oh, at the end of the movie, I have it. Let's do a quick five-second flashback of how I lifted the bomb off the person. Right. Now I have it. You know, right. I hate that because I feel like it's an insult to my intelligence they're like well for you stupid people out there let us explain to you how they did this yeah. i would rather feel that in myself like oh i get it 15 minutes ago during that one scene that's what she was doing she was lifting yeah. the blah 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 you know no so and, i really like that yeah and that's one of the things too like clearly my take on this is that um so he has plumbing and other sort of things he has up, infrastructure, like infrastructure yeah. pool, for which to me kind of states that you know, these people have gotten kicked out for being undesirables and such. But my take is he's he's creating and smuggling drugs to take over to the other side. Right. And in exchange, he gets, like, these benefits. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's got every, you realize Which, it's a bigger thing. Like, well, they yeah. think they're getting rid of all these elements, but basically it's just the black market. And I think that there's something to be said for, like, you know, because so, like, when he does say, you know, it cost you an arm and a leg to get here, right? So, yeah. like, you know, when he says that, I think the idea is that he takes broken people whether they're people that are missing limbs or not like he intentionally brings in the crazy the weak the you know like he he wants the old he wants the infirm he wants the young because those are the people that need his help the most the easiest people people to control that's what i was especially because that's what a drug dealer is a drug dealer is someone who controls yeah and that's the whole purpose a big part of it too is is that you realize with him He's being like, I'm kind. I'm here to help you. Right. You have a skill set that I can use. Like some of these people had to have been plumbers or no elect- uh, electric exactly. electricians yeah. right. or whatever. Because no one just uh, – people go, well, human evolution led this. I go, uh-huh. I will, this isn't even a – what do you call it? Yeah, like a naked and afraid – like kind of economy or going sick, on. Right. Sick DJ skills. Yeah. 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 Well, that's <laughs> well, that, one of the things true. I thought was interesting. Like clearly comfort has some kind of economy because there's stalls and you can buy things. Right. Well, Versus if you notice- the hermit. Who's outside of both? Of, yeah. He burns money. To yeah. Start well, if you notice the signs, like when they were selling stuff, it, it was like two comfort dollars. Yeah. Right. But you never really see it, so you don't know what it is. Yeah. But again, it's inferred. You're oh, they have their own money. It's not American yeah. money. It's their own currency. Yeah. But yeah. then that is a big part of it. The hermit does play an excellent part in the film. Oh, That's, absolutely. That is absolutely amazing, especially done without voice through yes. through. Uh, the the portraiture scene was absolutely like oh, one of the hilarious. best scenes yeah. ever. So but good. um, I really just feel like with the whole um, I do remember one thing because I think Victor saw it first. I I believe was um that uh, Giovanni Ribisi was completely underutilized. I mean, he could have been a much bigger character. Mm-hmm. Um, not not you know woven in in the back, right. but he just and Keanu Reeves. I feel like it was really good. Obviously, he has completely re um, reinvent himself with the John Wick films. Like yeah. he has really come back full force. But it's it's one of those things where everybody plays the the um, kind of getting back to that. The uh, background ideal is is that what happens when society goes away. Yeah. And how do you people will naturally start to want to reassume roles or redefine their roles. But everybody wants purpose. I mean, that's what almost all existence is for most folks. So right. that to me was the heart of of the film was actually about 
um, when the world is is completely gone, like what you become, like you see a film like um, it, it comes at night, mm-hmm. or which I compared heavily in uh, both of my review and in general discussions. I go, have you ever seen The Road? Yeah, exactly. Because I go, it, it is a the same characters, the yeah. same issues, just not. It's less desolation. It's more internal as opposed to external right, environmental. Right. Whereas when you're in a, a wasteland desert, the environment is the oppressor well, always first. I mean, but on that, I think one yeah. of the most fascinating things about the way this film approached that idea is the Burning Man aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, and I've never seen a post of. And you know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just like I can't think of a post-apocalyptic thing where um you know that that uh that ultimately um you know that that kind of shows people partying and having a good time i mean yeah you do have a little bit of it in like a boy and his dog right where you've got you know in a boy and his dog indeed that the underground thing like they're having a kind of good time but that's also like everybody's painted weird and it's all like very bizarre but just the fact of like you know these people that are doing acid and i'm sure also ecstasy on different days i'm sure they actually have different days where they do different drugs frankly um Mm -hmm. you know and that these people are just having this blast and and that that the Keanu Reeves doing his Jim Jones impersonation, um, you know, is essentially telling them, hey, you're outcast and that's why you're special. And yeah, that's why but you're that's here. exactly one of the very first things I thought when I saw that actually was the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the outside world rejects you. It's like totally. instead of being abrasive, it's very, I'm here. Yeah. It is the Jim Jones. Drink the Kool-Aid. But for me, it's like the party atmosphere is, is that when the world has gone to hell, People are going to look for comfort. Yeah. No, you know, you know. It's yeah. like yeah. obviously that's what's named because comfort and convenience are the hallmarks of our current existence. Sure. Without, and, you know, I mean, bar none. Like my so. whole take on that, even where comfort is set up, it might have been there was a comfort in there at some point. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's awesome. what I had thought. That's awesome. You know? yeah. yeah, totally. I could totally see yeah. that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, and, and I think that, you know, what you're talking about in terms of like the, the internal desolation, right. Um, things like that is that, you know, the, the idea, and that's one thing I find extremely fascinating about the film is that there, there is no black and white, good guy, bad guy necessarily thing. Right. I mean, you have, you have, uh, you know, the Miami man, uh, painting a, a, a portrait of his daughter, um, and, and then immediately going out and murdering a girl, you know, and, and you have, you know, this idea of, you know, this guy who's a cannibal, this, you know, this big brute guy, but kind of ends up being like this hero type, right? Um, and it's just the idea of the fact that like there, are, there is good and there's evil in everybody. I mean, even, even the dream, it's like, yeah, this guy's a Jim Jones type, but what he says makes a lot of sense as well, you know, and he is kind of doing good for these people. Yeah, he's creating his own fiefdom where you know people he's he's you know polygamist and all of this stuff right um but at the same time um he is bringing these people a lot of comfort and i love that aspect and you know talking about the um in the the what was the 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 name of the the guy on the desert i don't want to say the actor's name but the hermit um, the hermit right so the hermit you know that scene where um you know he he uh he hands him uh, the Miami man something, right? And then, you know, he takes something else from Miami man. Yeah. And the idea behind that of like, you know, 
what you are setting aside versus what you need to become, right? You know, and it's like, it's like you need to choose within yourself the way that you are going to survive in this wasteland. Mm. And it's not going to be what you were before. You need a little bit more, you know, of a balance in your life. You need to not be that thing you are because you're clearly not happy as it. And, um, you know, I just, I love the fact that it does. And this is similar to a girl walks home alone at night as well. You know, girl walks home alone at night is like, you know, you have this, uh, you know, the girl, who's painted as this hero, um, you know, but then she also, you know, does these horrible things and she does good things and she terrifies the child, you know, and like you have all these different aspects. And that's really what I think is great about Anna Lily Amirpour's work is um, there are no easy answers with it. There are no clear cut heroes. There are no clear cut villains. She's really, really good. Well, at that. yeah. And I think she's like a filmmaker finding her own way. She Like uh, when I saw this at the draft house, like there was a a short the play before it yeah i saw that too you know where it's like a you know this little girl who finds like a frog and she saves it and then at the end she decides to kill it yeah you know and you could read that in any number of ways you know like she cared about it maybe it was a toy Or you could look at it, the fact that because, remember, she cut her foot badly when she was going into the water to get the frog, and so maybe she's doing it out of revenge. Uh Um, You know, maybe she's doing it because she just wants to see what it's like to somebody die, or maybe it's just showing that we have both good and bad within us. Yeah, there's a lot of gray there, and I think think one of the things that people might have an issue with this movie is, like, the fact that, you know, you could argue there's no real protagonist. I mean, there's yeah. protagonists, but there's not like the kind you can identify with easily. Yeah. You know, yeah. like this I mean, is well, that's the that's, ju- that's the journey the of the guy. that's the journey of the film. Is in the beginning, you're like it's like a traditional horror movie. You're mm-hmm. like, oh my god, you gotta get away from these people. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, f- kill them. Like. You know, you're like when she bashes the first woman oh, yeah. in with, you're like, yeah, you think like, it's going to be a revenge movie. movie at that yeah, point, you think right? it's going to be this, um, well, I, even more, I actually thought it was going to be, I'm like, this is going to be Mad Max meets Wrong Turn or Hills yeah, Have Eyes right. or something like that, you know, because I didn't watch the trailer for this. I, I really have tried to avoid that. Mm-hmm. And it is that journey. Have you I, watched it since? No, I have you not. You should. It's, oh, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Fantastic trailers yeah. that like use, music really really well and, and this one has really excellent you definitely oh. will never hear ace of bass the same way did. again without yeah. a doubt yeah, yeah. i know that was mentioned earlier yeah. but the, the soundtrack i knew uh probably 10 minutes into the movie i was going to be getting the soundtrack yeah. to this plus kirby touching on what you said i agree that they did a good job of something seriously heavy happens some followed by something very lighthearted. Yes. Right. yeah you know like you said she bashes the lady's head in and then escapes on the skateboard, and she's scooting herself across the, you know? Right. So you go from, oh, God, that was brutal, to, oh, my God, yeah. that's really funny, kind of back, and that's kind of how the whole movie went. There's plenty of times where you don't want to laugh, but you know you're Ex- meant to yeah. at the same exactly. time, like you're I mean, encouraged. I, to. I would say, if you're, like, a fan of, like, post-apocalyptic films, but also if you like movies that make you think and where yeah. you kind of have to pick up the narrative on your own, you should probably see it because I mean, the more we're talking about, it, I feel like maybe we shouldn't talk about. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Like I feel like we've said enough to kind of sell I, it. Yeah, I will say the one thing though that it's it's interesting brought out more is ideas that percolated for me watching and afterwards. But I do think one big thing is, is the the dream as the Jim Jones character. It's interesting that you know I was you know people just think of Jim Jones as the the Jonestown massacre and. 
you know, it's it's become almost like if there would have been a meme, you know, there already is memes, but I mean, you know what I mean? It's like if it was happening in modern days. And I think one of the things about Jim Jones is if you've ever studied his life and his his career, I mean, it was his one of the things I found most fascinating about Jim Jones is his time in California where his church rose to prominence and and he was a pinnacle figure um for a lot of people in the civil rights movement and Jim Jones thing was you know uh his version of christianity and his belief was very um uh um uh, integrate like it was kind of like you were saying like give me your unwanted your unwashed and obviously that's what the dream does i will take your lesser people we are all equal but that's something i feel in life i've learned that the two things we touched on this is that you always got to be afraid of anyone who thinks of people as either all good or all bad right or who starts to think that the one thing we should all do is all be together like there shouldn't be any kind of division in in people what i mean by that is is that the idea of like somebody who unites us all is the is like the savior complex and i go that's where i mean from that like that's fearful i i never want anybody who wants us to think we are so alike that we we can be united in everything it's like it's never going to work that way because of that rooted in humanity that most people are going to have both elements and that's Mm. part of what is essentially human yeah and and that's what's illustrated especially in that child focusing on the child because that's when it's at its purest that's what children are is very pure impulsive and and you see what happens and again to keep it very vague here but what happens at the end of that film um is that there is a decision that seems to be made that um you know that child has to find a balance right yeah um mm-hmm. and that you know and that again it can't be and i think to, you know really uh to well piggyback i think, off what I you're think saying. yeah i think that decision juxtaposed is also like the decision when the hermit takes something right my, exactly and that's what it's right. set up to and like i said i think if you see this movie and you leave us some comments, we can totally start more of a conversation about it. Yeah, but I yeah. totally think, I think I speak for all, you, know, you should see this movie. You really should. I mean, yeah. at the very least, say, spend the, the 7 or $8 to rent yeah. it. This movie is so good. Just sitting here talking about it, I'm wanting to go home and rewatch it. Right. And yeah, just, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that you don't you don't run into that a lot. And, and you know, it's, it's very, uh, especially after the... The movie year we've had, it's very refreshing. And I just have to say that, I mean, um, the, yeah, I mean, just once again, the soundtrack of this movie is incredible. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's such an unusual mix. And I like the fact that it yeah, doesn't. Yeah, I don't even want to say what song it yeah, is. Right. Yeah, just finding them when you hear them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it. but it's like, in terms of the ones, I mean, like, for example, the one that, that was already mentioned, which is the Ace of Bass, right? That, you know, we talked about that in the last one. Um, but the idea that it's not just, hey, here's Ace of Base, we're being quirky. It's not just that. It's that that there is like a group that may listen to that, not just that song, but that type of song. And I think that is a statement upon, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, the, I don't know, the, the, this kind of almost like weird obsession with like retro, this kind of throwback, um, you know, aspect of like this version of machismo, right. In this weird kind of twisted way um, or like the opposite of that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, again, it's hard to say vaguely, but I think that the, the choices are really interesting. And I just want to say, I mean, dark side, fantastic i mean it's two dark side songs in it um and dark side is just one of those freaking bands that like i mean just most people don't know about dark side's tremendous i've had the 
honor of seeing Darkseid three times. Nice. Um, and uh, they're just so, so good live. Um, they create such a vibe. And, I mean, Anna Lily Army Report is like, I don't know. To be honest with you, it feels like this movie's made for me. I mean, it feels like, you know, somebody that, like, has the musical taste that I do, the cinematic taste that I and do. And that's what a movie the, should do. Yeah, exactly. Really. You yeah, know, and, it can and, open up your taste. Too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and the, the, you know, frankly, I mean, to, to, you know, the psychedelic way back history that I have. I mean, I've, you know, it's like, I know, I you know, I feel what Anna Lily has gone through because I see what what's coming out through that film. Um, and I do feel it's a, it's a, you know, I know you brought up El Topo in your review, yeah. you know, and I do feel it's, a, it's, uh, you know, I've not actually seen El Topo, but I want to now, yeah. but I know about El Topo. I mean, you can't not. There also the is a, a little bit, not obviously as, as uh, deep as it, but I definitely felt there was a, uh, altered states influence yeah. in this oh, film yeah, as well. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot, but yeah. I mean, that's the thing when we saw the Q and a, it's like, she hasn't seen yeah. a lot of the things people think influence yeah, her. And yeah, I think totally. that's, that's kind of interesting. Too. Well, and I think that that shows that she, I mean, she really is a unique voice. Yeah. And I think that was obvious in Girl Walks Home Alone at Night that, uh, you know, as 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 you said, um, you know, what is that? Uh, did you say Iran and Bakersfield? Yeah, yeah, you which know? is what people right. did. Well, yeah. And that's the other thing. I mean, my only thing with it was is that I do, the only thing I felt, I, I really loved Jason Momoa's performance oh, in this yeah. film. But um, I really feel like having like Giovanni Ribisi being wasted. And I don't know. if I feel like you absolutely had to have Keanu Reeves. Mm. I mean, I felt like this film, that's one of her real qualities is you can do it with. You can do so much with so little. Yeah. And that's a, a hallmark of a great director. Yeah. Right. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, I again, highly recommend this film. Uh, you can check out my review of it on Kofal. You can check out Adam's, which goes the other way. And watch it yourself and find your own path. Yeah, find your own path. Yeah, so that's our Bad Batch cast. Uh, <laughs> and join us next time as we chat a bit about uh, Baby Driver yeah. and most likely Spider-Man. And enjoy the 4th, you guys, because without the 4th of July, you wouldn't have holidays like or movies like Independence Day, totally, or Holidays, or The Shining. Uncle Sam. Think about it. So the, until, the, the, the Cape Fear. There you go. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Victor Marino, along with Josh Farouk. Yep. Kirby Nelson. <laughs> and Jasper Reno. I got blisters on my fingers. Yeah, and until next time, America, fuck yeah. <laughs>